Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. We've talked a lot about the missing and murdered Indigenous women in this country, but to actually pin down a number is challenging, more challenging than you think. My next guest is a PhD student, and she is looking to create a database of every Indigenous woman and girl who's either gone missing or has been killed in Canada and the U.S., since 1900, Anita Lucchesi is the PhD candidate at the University of Lethbridge. She joins us today. Hello, Anita. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, since 1900, is that right or is that a typo on my part? Uh, no, that's correct. Tell me why you think this is important. Um, well, I think it's important to go that far back because... Uh, even though awareness of this issue has been growing, and especially in the last decade or so, um, this is something that's been affecting Indigenous communities for quite some time. Um, and so collecting more thorough data this number is much higher than anyone uh, realizes or wants to admit. So, for example, the RCMP released their report saying that there's um, a little over 1,100 cases here in Canada um, but if we were to go back to 1900, I estimate that there's at least 25,000 cases total. Well, even when you use the RCMP's numbers, that is a specific period, isn't it, from 1980 to 2012? Yes, it is. So you think, no, I want to even broaden it even more. Now, you're a PhD student. Is this part of a bigger research paper for you? Um, it's... Part of the work that I do as a community member and as a community researcher, um, but it does feed into my work uh, as a scholar as well. Um, my work is on mapping the issue um, and really bringing the data to Indigenous communities, giving them a chance to work with it um, and uh, draft maps to create an atlas telling stories of this violence. And that's what I wanted to get to. It's one thing to try to figure out even the number, and you're going way back to the 1900s, but then you want to be able to have a, an actual map that people will be able to see what areas of the continent or North America has a higher number of mercy, murdered and missing Indigenous women? Well, and not just the location of where these things happen, um, but also to tell the story in a way that uh, is meaningful to us as Indigenous people. Um, and so, for example, one of the maps uh, for the project that was just completed was a map of all of the places where um, people participated in the 2018 Women's March and carried a sign with the name of a missing or murdered Native woman. Um, so that wasn't necessarily logging, you know, that didn't have to do with where is this happening, but had to do with where are they being remembered, where are they being honored. How do you go about getting this information, though? Because even when we say missing and murdered Indigenous women, how how do you find those numbers? Because sometimes the police, it's still an open case. They don't know if they are murdered or if they're missing. I, I'm just trying to understand how you're even getting this data. It's definitely a challenge. Um, and it comes from all sorts of different um, kinds of sources. So we use news articles. 
Um, sometimes social media, um, and not just, you know, something that somebody posts and doesn't report to police, but oftentimes media don't say that the woman or girl was native. Mm -hmm. Someone from the community will identify her in that way. So social media news, um, we use police archives and police records, government missing persons databases, um, and then we also use historical records. How long is this project going to take, do you think? It, you know, it's been a labor of love, yeah. three years in the making so far, and um, I don't have an intention of stopping anytime soon. Um, people have asked me when the project will stop, and my answer has always been when Native women stop going missing and being killed. And have you been going out to different communities than Native communities to be able to, as you say, hear their stories? Uh, yes, that's been one of the... Um, beautiful things that have come out of the database, all the different ways that community members uh, work with it and use it in their efforts to address violence in their home community. Um, so service providers uh, frequently use it. So women's shelters, anti-violence organizations. Um, I was even at a high school working with a high school girls basketball team who wanted to raise awareness on the issue. It's really become uh, a community project. Are you hearing, though, from some family members that have lost or have a, a, a loved one who is missing that hasn't shown up in any, let's say, police database? Yes, um, and there is quite a discrepancy between police records uh, and data that we source in the community. So, for example, we just did a comparison between Washington State and what we had in the database, and we found that the State Patrol, which is the agency that's responsible for missing persons cases, um, was missing at least a third of all confirmed cases of missing Native women and girls in the state. Um, and those weren't just things that never got reported. Um, they were in uh, the federal missing persons database. So someone had reported them at some point enough to, you know, have a file located there. But for some reason, there was an agency disconnect and the officers that were supposed to be responding didn't even know the case existed. Anita, thanks for telling us about this project. Uh, best of luck with it. Thank you. Anita Lucchesi is a PhD candidate at the University of Lethbridge. It's 417.